This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. Hope you're well and life has something of a rhythm and routine for you at the moment. All the days can blur together, so it can be useful to have a Thursday event, like listening to this podcast. Thank you for being here and thank you for subscribing. Greetings to you all in whichever continent or country or time zone you're in, all part of the global village and joined together by our common love of all things alpaca. What's going on in your neck of the woods? I love to get messages from you. So drop me a line, share a voice message using the SpeakPipe link on the website or in the show notes, or comment on one of the posts you can find here and there, Facebook, Twitter, and even on LinkedIn occasionally. It seems like most alpaca people just visit LinkedIn rather than live there. If that's not true, let me know. Seasons develop slowly but surely edging towards warmer days and less cold nights. So, like Thursday, could be a podcast listening day, April is getting prepared for shearing time. The combs and cutters have been sent off and returned. The supplies of bags, oil, labels and other things for just in case are being checked and assembled. Not yet, but soon. The weather plays a big part in the timing of shearing. We shear indoors, but even so, it's important to have a dry weather window. The animals need to be dry on the day, but a couple of days before means any mud is likely to have dried up and dropped off. There are no absolutes with the day, unless, of course, you have booked your shearer to come. Then that becomes your window, and you have to work with it. A logistical nightmare, but generally things work through. Book early. I do it now, if you haven't already. When we started keeping alpacas 12 years ago now, and our foundation herd of five pregnant females arrived, it was in the spring. And I knew I was planning to do my own shearing, so I found myself a course and went down to Devon to learn what was involved in shearing alpacas. It is not rocket science, but like all new skills, it requires you to understand some principles and cover the building blocks and then to practice. There is... No comparison with the complexity uh, and importance, but I know surgeons work on the principle of see one, do one, teach one. That seems to work well for shearing as well. The fluid movements of an experienced eye and hand, definitely coordinated, makes it look easy. It's the same with anyone who knows their craft. It looks easy and almost effortless. Just remember as you get started, it's not easy and certainly not effortless. The level of concentration in trying to turn what you have seen someone else do into your hands and limbs doing the same thing is not to be underestimated. You're not meant to be perfect first time, and certainly not the fastest shearer in the West. Learning means you are slower and concentrating on the bits. In time you get to know the feel of the bits that all fit together into some sort of flow. The more you do, the better you will become. True of almost everything. First lesson. You have to learn. No, that is the first lesson. You have to learn this stuff. It doesn't come easy or natural. 
Find someone who can show you and support you through your learning. Second lesson, use the right equipment. I'd been on the course, as I said, and I had sheared me some alpacas. It had taken some time, but I got there. I knew enough to get started. So first thing to do, so I could shear hours, was to get the equipment. You can add some bits later, but the basics need to be there right from the start. I had learned how to shear using a Heinegger Extra. This is a handheld electric-powered unit which is robust enough and powerful enough to do the job all day. It's basically what everyone, or at least most people, use for shearing alpacas. I contacted a supplier. I contacted a supplier of shearing equipment and had a conversation. Price came into it, and listening to what the salesman said, you guessed it, rather than buying the Heinegger, I bought a slightly less powerful and cheaper unit. Basically the same, but it was a mistake. Lesson number two, buy the right tools and get the best you can to do the job. You don't need the best, but you should have a very good reason to ignore the advice and choice of people already doing the job. Be guided by the right people. The handheld I use has the motor built into the unit and it has a power cable. I've never seen anyone use the sheep shearing equipment where you, you have the machine, there's the motor bit hanging up and then a flexible drive cable going down to the handpiece. It's the same principle of combs and cutters used as for sheep, but the technique is very different. With sheep, you can tip them over onto their rear end and then just move them around and balance them as you go, as you whip the fleece off. Ivan Scott, in Castle Pollard in County West Meath in Ireland, holds the world record for shearing a single mature sheep in... Okay, ready? 37.9 seconds. 37.9 seconds for the whole sheep. Unbelievable. So, assuming you are not going to be doing competition or exhibition shearing, you are allowed to take a bit longer. In fact, a lot longer. There's a big difference between shearing sheep and alpacas. An alpaca is too tall and strong to manoeuvre like a sheep, so it needs to be appropriately restrained for their safety and yours. We continue to find the best, least stressful approach to this. It definitely doesn't involve trying to break world records. I will always take as long as the animal's needs and I need to do the job as safely and as well as I can. This is important. You do get faster with experience, but you also need to know when and where to take your time. Lesson number three, it's not a race. In our first year, we had the equipment, the mats, the animals, and we set to work. Your land type, the nature of your animals, and time of year all add together to increase or decrease your challenge. We had dusty, gritty soil, animals that loved to roll, and it was slightly later in the year than they were used to being sheared. I knew the principles and applied them. Hot knife through butter? Hmm. I remembered how it felt on the course. <laughs> this was not how it had felt on the course. Oh dear. Having to make the shears work so much harder and almost pushing it through the fleece rather than gliding. It took a long time and it was not pretty. But we got there in the end. In theory, you can use the same cutter for up to three animals and the comb for five. We ended up using three combs and cutters for one animal. For one of them, we even gave up using the machine and did her by hand. Not pretty. 
and it took a long time. The following year, I went back and did the course again and took my equipment with me. The outcome? I could do it straightforwardly, even using my less powerful equipment. Hmm. So, (laughs) it was something to do with my alpacas. However, the right equipment was going to make it easier and the sharpened, theoretically sharpened, combs and cutters were not working for some reason. They weren't properly done. So I changed equipment and supplier and changed the place I get them sharpened. I still use Horner shearing for both sourcing equipment and for the sharpening. Lesson number four, learn who to listen to. As the years have gone by, my confidence, speed and quality of cut has improved. I can do this. I can do a good job. I think it was in the second year of shearing I had a phone call from someone who said, Oh, I understand you're the alpaca shearer for South Wales. Slightly taken aback. Well, I do have alpacas, and I shear my own, but have never sheared anybody else's. Well, I'm a sucker for a sad story. And, well, yeah, my starting position is that I want to help. So I started collecting some shearing clients. I wasn't intending to do that, which was good and gave me more experience, but also became a pressure. My own ended up being sheared late, or I put others off until mine had given birth. And then it rained. Juggling has never been my favourite activity, especially with paying clients. Now I do my own, but not anyone else's. I don't think I have the knees or the back for it at large scale. Oh, and those shearing tables do look tempting. Hmm. Shearing has had its moments. The time Owena, our biggest girl big brown one, and in fact, our biggest alpaca, she cracked my ribs. No intent to harm or attack me, just not really wanting to have a rope tied to her rear legs, and a young, inexperienced handler at the front end. She dipped down at the back and went up at 45 degrees, taking me with her off balance, and then unceremoniously dumped me on the handle of an industrial extension reel. Mm. Memorable, and with recurring aches in cold weather. Alpacas are strong animals and need to be given enough respect and sufficient hands to adequately control them. I've worked in field corners, using the tow bar of my four-wheel drive as an anchor point, dark stables, and big windy sheep sheds. We did some that remembered us, and the second year we went, we were set up and we're trying to round them up, One in particular deliberately rolled in ashes left over from a hedge-trimming bonfire, and then he climbed into the water trough. We did him, last, but we did him. And that was with a petrol generator to supply the electricity. Lots of learning, and lots of memories. See the show notes for links to my suppliers and what we use. Your choice may be different, just there in case if it's of help. Okay, so a last few lessons for today. Number one. Keep calm. Number two, be prepared. Bags, labels, cleaning up. Number three, always have spares. Number four, remember to keep drinking. Water or tea, I was thinking of. Number five, doing dark animals last after you have lost the best light can lead to cuts. You're tired, you can't see properly. Black mat, black animal, it's difficult to judge. So, take your time. Number six, know your animals. 
know which ones are going to spit and we and scream through the whole process dear old millie who oh we we tend to do her first because she's just such a such a handful and uh, she's older now and her fleece isn't worth as much there's not, not as long we pretty much collect it and put it in one bag so she gets done first because otherwise she's waiting for you all the time to spit at you every time you go anywhere near her know your animals number seven know your anatomy Know the legs, knows the armpits, know the bits where the wrinkles are that you're potentially going to catch. Go in the direction that you need to go that's safest for getting the fleece off, but not causing any injuries. Number eight, if in doubt, stop. Look and go careful. Number nine, if it feels wrong, it probably is. Trust your muscle memory. There's sometimes you just go, oh, that was interesting. That didn't feel... You need to stop and just check and work out where you are and what's what's going on. You've probably changed direction. You stepped over when you shouldn't have done or something. I'm always doing that, particularly in the early <laughs> early stages of getting going. First few animals are a bit rough and I'm just getting back into the, the swing of things, really. So, yeah, if it feels wrong, it probably is. Number 10, label bags inside and out. Put something, well, sometimes there's a slip of paper that goes inside the bag because the labels don't always stay outside on the plastic bags we use there's a big debate about plastic bags or paper bags paper sacks basically you want to keep it as, as short as time as possible before you process it um, clear plastic bags are quite useful because you can see what's going on but yeah it's there's other benefits with the paper bags because they breathe better label your bags inside and out number 10 and then finally 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 it's Perhaps number 11, but it's an overriding one that goes over all of them. Enjoy yourselves. Do enjoy yourself. I know it's hard work. It's a physical thing, shearing animals. But uh, it is meant to be enjoyable. It's a good excuse to be right up close with lots of your animals. And hope it goes well. Enjoy the process when you get there. So do the planning, getting ready, and pick your window of opportunity whenever that comes best for you. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you again soon and take care. Be safe. Stay at home. Enjoy your alpacas. This is the Alpaca Tribe. And I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day.